Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. You know that by now, you're here every day. Belly up to the bar, we'll have a little chat. Uh, we're going to go a little off script here. I assume many of you watched the national title game from last night that was unbelievable. You know, I kind of watched it through a scouting eye, but more of a fan's eye, to be honest with you. I just wanted to enjoy the game and two powerhouses, clearly. Um, amazing, though. I mean, it went down to the wire. Deshaun Watson... Uh, is the star of the show. He's the one everyone's going to be talking about today and pulled it out in the end and played really well, especially as the game went on, started slow. Um, you kind of feel like whoever had the ball last would have won this game. Just back and forth, back and forth. You know, e- Even though it seemed like early in the game, I thought Bama was very much in control and might even you know lead to a blowout. That I thought they were... Uh, going down the road of totally whipping up on these guys. And, and it didn't go that way at all. It didn't go that way at all. I thought both of these defensive fronts played extremely, extremely well. A lot of those Bama kids are coming out, and we'll be talking about them down the road. A lot of the Clemson front guys are younger. Um, I thought when Scarborough went out, the big, bruising, badass Bama running back, that was something that was hard for them to overcome. I thought that was a big deal. Of course, like I said, Watson was the star of the show. Uh, Foster, the linebacker for Alabama, is going to be a superstar in the pros. I mean, he might be Luke Keekley. I mean, I'm telling you, he's a stud. Um, and then the other guys I thought really stood out were the two uh, two receivers for Clemson. Especially, again, late in the game. That offense sputtered early. Uh, Watson sputtered early. But you could see why Williams is considered a... You know, a, a legit first-round pick. He looks like he pretty much has it all. Big, you know, can do the whole, can do everything. Struggled early in the game, but came through when it mattered most. And Kane's explosive, fast dude. Uh, I'm really excited to look at these guys more. So, I mean, don't, you know, these are, aren't exactly scouting takes, but it was just a really fun game to watch. Uh, I'm excited for Sweeney and Clemson, the whole program. I'm sure Bama will be right back at the top. They are a powerhouse. Um, I was asked, and maybe we should have this conversation in the off season. But I've been asked a lot lately. Everyone uses Bama as the example, but if the Bama, if the if the Crimson Tide played the Browns, Matt, what would be the score? The Browns would win a hundred to nothing. That's what I firmly believe. Uh, you know, as great as those teams are, uh, as many future pros and pro bowlers were probably on that field last night, the Browns beat either one of those teams by a hundred. The Niners beat either one of those teams by 100. I very much believe that. If you want to go down that road, maybe we'll spend a whole episode one day just talking about why I feel that to be true. But I very much feel that to be true. Okay, we got a little coaching news. The Jags are keeping it in-house and then bringing back an old-timer. It's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows what the... I, I You know, I've told you this, guys, told you this several times, that this time of year... The thing that I 
don't beat around the bush about is I don't know these quarterbacks. I don't or these these coaching candidates. I mean, I don't know Doug Marone. I mean, uh, apparently they think he has a good relationship with Bortles. That's absolutely key. You know, they're keeping Caldwell, which makes sense to me. I mean, I think he's built a quality roster that underachieved. That le- that leads to coaching. You know, I'm curious what they'll do with keeping assistants and how much will they actually retain from the former staff. Um, but I, the thing I like best is you bring, you know, my guys, the football guys call him Grandpa Coughlin. You bring Grandpa Coughlin back as like a senior advisor and he kind of oversees everything, make sure things don't get too out of whack and, you know, maybe bring a little bit of that winning tradition back to Jacksonville. I mean, that's going to be, there's going to be two huge jobs here is to change the culture that doesn't happen overnight and to try to get, you know, Bortles back to being something, you know, something, uh, a quality number one quarterback, which looked like he was going down that path. I mean, they apparently feel that Marone can do that. Maybe. I mean, I don't have a problem with this hire. Um, Keeping it in-house, I think, is sort of wise. Um, But boy, (laughs) you could also see where it would blow up. But I want to tell you guys about SeatGeek, our sponsor. They're the smartest, easier way to—they're the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close. But it can be anything. I'm going to hockey actually coming around here soon. I'll be getting my SeatGeek uh, app fired up for Penn's games up close in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for great value. I've told you many times. You know, my buddies use it all the time on their phone. Uh, they love it when they go down to tailgate for Steeler games and shop for tickets. I will start using it here very soon for Penguin tickets. I'm going to be taking my son here soon and tell you all about that and how that worked out. Just a few taps, you can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game of the season. With SeatGeek, you can always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek prices compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants you to wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is giving a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all for all you guys is you get $20 rebates off your first SeatGeek purchase. This is how you do that. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the setting tab and add... Add a promotion code, enter code LONFL, as in locked in and locked on NFL, and SeatGeek will, tend, will send you 20 bucks after you made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and enter the promo code LONFL. All right, all right, all right. I had told you that today is not Twitter Thursday, it's Twitter Tuesday. Because Thursday is going to be Saturday playoff preview day. Does that make sense to you? Friday is going to be Sunday playoff preview day. Sat- or Thursday is going to be Saturday pre- preview day. We're going to talk two games each. So I am taking your Twitter questions and scrolling through them as we speak. There was one I wanted to get to right away. Uh, that is from Mint Dragon. Mint Dragon is... Uh, Big backer of the, of the show for sure. Asks, who were the offensive and defensive MVPs of Wild Card Weekend? Let's pick out a couple examples. You know, Green Bay game, 
I'm not sure I could come up with a defensive one, but you're going to have a hard time for me not to go Aaron Rodgers as the offensive MVP. But he's certainly a candidate. Steelers, Miami. Brown, Bell. See, I thought Bell was actually more impressive. Um, so I would go with Bell as a candidate, and James Harrison's going to be a really strong candidate for defensive MVP. Uh, what else do we got here? We have Houston. I guess Clowney is in the conversation uh, for sure. I would take Harrison over Clowney, and right now I think I'm taking Rodgers over Bell. That's all I can give you out of that one. Um, and then the other NFC game, which was, why don't I remember this off the top of my head? The other AFC game is, well, what am I doing? I am talking out my butt here. Anyways, um, Seattle, I think Thomas Rawls is in the conversation. Uh, Wagner's in the conversation, too. As for the Lions, nobody's in the conversation. Not at all. Um, I'm going to go with Harrison narrowly over Wagner, over Clowney, and I'm going to go with Rogers over Bell. All right. Yeah. Good question. Luke Hancock, he's written in many times too. He, He mentioned the Dolphins D got decimated on Sunday. What's the most important piece for them to stop the run, D-line or linebacker or both? Can a stud linebacker like Foster, David, Keekley make a world of difference in the run-stop game? For sure. Um, boy, this would be a great landing spot for Foster that I just mentioned from Alabama. I'm not a big Alonzo fan. I almost feel like he's more of a 4-3 outside linebacker. I don't like the way he takes on blocks. I, I, I mean, he's okay. I'm just not a fan of Alonzo. Um, I, I honestly think that Miami could use two or three, two starting caliber linebackers. Secondary was better than I thought, and they'll get their safeties back in Maxwell. That'll be helpful, but another body there for sure would help. I wouldn't mess with the defensive tackles. I think that those guys are okay. Um, I do think they're going to need another defensive end. Mario Williams has a good chance to get released. Wake is up in age. Drafting somebody obviously would be the the right way to go there as opposed to free agency. So maybe you add a free agent linebacker and you draft one high. Um, uh, Brandon Albert might not be back, which might bump Tunsil to left tackle. So maybe you draft a guard as well. But overall, I think the offense is pretty well set. I wouldn't turn my you know nose up on... Uh, a, a tight end either to kind of complete things. And this is supposed to be a tight end draft. So um, pretty good t- tight end draft by all accounts. Joshua Silber asks, looking back on it, should the Giants in 2014 drafted Aaron Donald instead of OBJ? Ah, I love Aaron Donald, but these are two of the elite players at their respective positions. I think Donald's one of the top three or four best defensive players in the league. Um, it also doesn't really fit their scheme. If you notice, Joshua, what they want from their defensive tackles are massive humani- massive bodies of humanity that just eat up space, uh, Hankins and you know, snacks. So not as good a scheme fit. I'm sure they wouldn't turn their nose up at Donald. He would be wonderful anywhere. But just imagine without OBJ. I mean, you, you could make the argument that Donald's a better player, a more valuable player than OBJ, but... I mean, you, there, you can't have buyer's remorse on that one. Come on. I mean, the Lions, I mean, it's no offense to Ebron, who I think is fine. Uh, they should have taken Donald. One of the Mongos. 
know we still have have to see how things play out, but thoughts on Gurley moving forward. I guess I'm an optimist with him. Loved him coming out of school. Really liked what I saw last year. Really disliked what I saw this past year. Obviously, his uh, supporting cast wasn't helpful. wasn't productive. But I saw a back that got very few yards on his own. Seemed disgruntled. Seemed used to and expecting to get hit behind the line of scrimmage. Didn't run with confidence or conviction. But we're going to have a new staff there. Hopefully a little bit of a bump up in talent on the offensive line. Um, So, you know, to to look at it from this perspective, if I'm the Rams, I'm not addressing the running back position. There's so many other things I could use my picks and resources for. Running back would not be one of them, but I didn't like what I saw this past season. Brian Stith asks, what position should the Raiders target in the first and second round? I think the offense is basically complete, although I think Andre Holmes is up for free agency, and maybe adding a quick slot guy would be in the cards, probably not in the top two rounds. Um, I don't love Murray, as I mentioned. If a stud four-net type back fell to your lap, you might just grab him and say, okay, (laughs) that's kind of fun behind that line. Um, that would be all I look for on offense. But on defense, I think they need a corner. I absolutely think they need a linebacker. And I think they need interior D-line depth or another guy there. I mean, a a, a heavyweight, a 300-plus pound defensive tackle body type guy, either as a rotational player or as a run stuffer or all the above. Um, so those would be my priorities. Again, this would be a good spot for an off-the-ball linebacker for sure. Uh, they don't have a ton of needs. You know, I mean, the big ones are taken care of. They'll probably add another body or two in free agency, as they have been doing. Uh, they need to get Carr back, of course. And, and this year of experience, I think, was um, huge for them. You know, the, the, I think they're very much going the right way. And, and I use the analogy all the time because I like it. My buddy Bill Williamson, who covers the team or has for many years, said this is the Cubs from 2016, or 2015, you know, where they got their feet wet, they got valuable experience, they learned what it takes to, to be, get in the playoffs, and then look out next year. I really do think they're on that path. That doesn't mean that they're going to be my AFC pick over the Steelers or Chiefs or certainly the Patriots, but um, you know, they're, they're very much going the right direction. And this, this offseason should mostly about be accumulating value. You know, just take the best guy on your board, especially on the defensive side, and just keep bringing in quality players and not to reach for position where mistakes can be made. Matthew asks, is the spread offense in high school affecting offensive line play in the NFL? It seems like no one can play with their hand down, and the answer to that is absolutely true. But it's more the college level. I mean, it's more of a direct result of kids coming out of college that have never played with their hand in the dirt. I, I use this example a lot too, that it used to be you drafted in Ohio State or a Michigan lineman and they knew they were adept in running and you had to teach them protection. Now you take those guys and you got to teach them all the above. Um, I also think that the the difference in athletic ability between... NFL offense and defensive linemen is cavernous right now, and I think that the level of play between the two 
is massive and this is a long long conversation and we've touched on it over this last year or so that we've been talking every day um but man i I think there's a huge o-line shortage and one of the many reasons is because of the spread and you know to give you an example like when i was a pit that's when rich rodriguez was installing it at west virginia and the reason you installed that spread for the most part was it was a heck of a lot easier to find you know quarterbacks that get out of their hands quick put a lot of receivers on the field than it was to recruit 310 pound badass run blocking offensive linemen because those guys went to Michigan Ohio State and you know when we were Pitt and he was at West Virginia we couldn't get the top kids to do that um, let alone the top D tackles to turn into offensive linemen that's when you're really recruiting well when you bring in quality defensive tackles so you adapt and you try to win football games by not asking those guys to protect very long or to blow people off the ball. So that's <laughs> that, that's how it happened. Clippers SD. How good can Joey Bosa be next year? What does he need to improve on to take his game to the next level? I don't think he needs to improve on a whole heck of a lot. He needs to stay on the field. I think he's already a top 10 pass rusher in this league. I think he's the next star on the defensive side of the ball. I love Jalen Ramsey, but Bosa's clear and away the number one rookie defensive player this year. The Chargers look very dumb for not signing him earlier and getting him in camp immediately. Uh, I like him a lot, no matter what the scheme. I remember when he was drafted, boy, they're a 3-4 team. What are they going to do with Bosa? It doesn't matter anymore. You know, I mean, he it, it doesn't. I mean, those lines are so blurry anymore. Um, he is a total superstar. He's great with his hands. He's a great athlete. You could tell that he's been around the game for a very long time and the influence of his father and, you know, how he's influencing his brother. I'm sure all these things, um, are, are go hand in hand. I mean, I, I think he's a total stud. All right. Who would be Mike asks at Utah jazz time? Huh, maybe you have a little locked on insider with our, 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 our savior, or our, our savior, our founder, David Locke. And he does Locked On Jazz. So maybe you have a little connection with him. Anyways, Mike asks, who would be more valuable to team prime, Barry Sanders or prime Reggie White? I would say they're both equally as good in the history books at their position that maybe if you stretch and squint, uh, you could come up with a running back or two you'd rather have over Barry Sanders. Uh, maybe if you really strain your eyes, you could come up with a defensive lineman slash defensive end you'd rather have than Reggie White. But this answer is easy to me. It's White. I mean, White was White was maybe the best defensive player that ever lived. I mean, I think he's closer to that conversation than Barry is, with all due respect, on his side of the ball. And... The key is this guy rushes the passer, is harder to find. Sanders is a running back. Those guys are, I mean, they grow on trees by NFL standards. Of course, Barry Sanders, like running backs, don't grow on trees. But you understand what I'm saying. That there's, if I'm starting a team, I think about this a lot. I have a sickness. But if you threw every player that ever played into the pool, how high would I draft my starting quarterback, how high would I draft Barry Sanders? You know, if I had my draft board set up that I spent months preparing, actually probably more like 43 years preparing, you know, who am I ranking as first rounders? Like to me, Reggie White's a first rounder. 
Barry's probably a second rounder, you know, and we're talking about the best players ever because, I mean, I can, the 32nd best running back that ever lived might be Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> you know, it might be David Johnson, or it might be Zeke Elliott. I'm just saying guys playing right now. I mean, you could win a lot of games with those guys. We're the 32nd best defensive lineman, edge rusher, to me, isn't in Reggie White's class. Reggie White's a total, total, total star. Along those lines, Greg the Great asks, rank the NFL RB as of now, top five or so. Um, To me, the top three are really easy. Is Bell, narrowly behind him is David Johnson. Little bit of a gap. You know, I think there's less of a gap from Bell to Johnson than there is from Johnson to Zeke. Then I don't know. Then I don't know. I mean, to me, it's those three, and then there's a bit of a gap. I mean, I think Shady McCoy's in the conversation after the season he had. I don't think you can ignore Peterson, but you kind of have to ignore Peterson. I know Murray had a great year, but I don't think he's a top five back. Um, Again, there's a, a bit of a fall off there, obviously, after that point. I mean, there's other good ones, but you look at it and say, boy, that guy's a top five back. I'm struggling to come up with somebody who's easily right there with that, with that, you know, that, those top three guys. I mean, Gurley certainly could be, should be. Is he right now, though? No, I can't. I can't give you that. I absolutely can't give you that. I like guys like Ajayi. That's too early to have him in that conversation. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not having anyone jump off the page. I guess LaShawn McCoy would be my number four. Really impressive. Really impressive year from him. Kevin asks, who's a better football player, Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? I think it's Bell. Um, I mean, again, this is, to me, the best running back in the world, as we just talked about, against a top three receiver at worst. But Bell has fewer weaknesses. Brown's not the biggest guy. I mean, you wish Antonio Brown looked like Julio Jones. I mean, again, I'm really splitting hairs here. Uh, Bell is more unique in his style to me, more well-rounded, an elite receiver. I say Bell. Most importantly, Ryan Trozen asked, do I go with Doritos and nacho cheese? That's nacho cheese. Or tortilla chips and salsa? See, Doritos to me aren't dippers. Doritos stand alone. I, I respect Cool Ranch, but I'm an original guy. Or the hotter version, the original ones that were out there for a while. To me, that that's a that, Doritos standalone. You don't go dip in them. They don't need any help. Tortilla chips absolutely need help. And I like salsa. I'm cool with salsa, but I kind of think you go tortilla chips and nacho cheese. You know that Doritos standalone. Like I said, tortilla chips. I think you get the nacho cheese, and then you get the salsa next to it. And if you really want to get crazy, you do a guac. You do a bean dip, and you pick a dip. I mean, that's if you really want to step up your game. So, the Locked On Network always steps up its game, obviously. I gave you a little clap there. How about that? Um, That's going to do it, though. Have a fantastic day. Spread the news. Over and out.